Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is February 25th, 2019. And as many of you know, the purpose of this webinar is to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles and to also provide a platform for those people who are already members of triangles to come together each week and to participate in a meditative alignment in the support and strengthening of the triangles network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work is simply the establishing of a line of lighted loving communication between three people who agree to vivify that triangular link every day. Three people linked together as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. Then the triangle which they have formed is placed within the larger planetary network of triangles that has been built up around the world and to the great invocation is then sounded to release and circulate spiritual energies throughout the etheric network into the consciousness of humanity, touching all open hearts and minds that can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. Triangles need only take a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So if you're, after listening to the webinar, you decide you would like to form a triangle, or you would like to form another one, you could place your name in the chat box during our um, group sharing section, the third section of the webinar. You might find two other people who are participating today who would be willing to form a triangle with you. And if that doesn't happen today, then you can go to triangles.org and fill out a brief questionnaire, which will allow you to enter into an online portal where there are people from all around the world who are looking for triangles partners. And of course, you can try reaching out into your own environment uh, to friends and family and coworkers, um, anyone who believes in the power of thought. Um, and if you need any literature to stimulate other people's interest, um, you can go to triangles.org or you can write to us and we'll be happy to send you some materials. So today we have uh, the opportunity to hear from another special guest, Maria Christina Donadu from Tucson, Arizona. Maria was born on the border town of Nogales, which straddles Mexico and the United States, first speaking Spanish and then English. Maria Christina has carried a continual theme of bridging in her life. Her professional life was set in the culturally diverse arena of the Southwest of the United States and she worked as a bilingual math teacher and later as a bilingual librarian with a multicultural emphasis. In terms of our work, she discovered the AAB books in the 60s, which established the foundations for her spiritual journey as a lifelong student of the Blue Books and as well as the Agni Yoga teachings. Again, the theme of bridging, a spiritual or subjective bridging 
has been central to her life. It is a bridging which is evident in this global group meeting today. And although Marie Christina didn't write it down, she is also a long term um, founder of a unit of service in Tucson that meets uh, each week for study and then at the full moon and I believe the new moon for meditation meetings. So we're really happy to have Maria Cristina with us and we look forward to hearing her after our introductory section here. So before we open our mantra, let's just link up with each other uh, in a simple visualization. So let's lift our consciousness to as high a point on the mental plane as possible. Look out over the world and see it as one of light with here and there points and centers of intensified light. See the energies of this network of light pulsating to the rhythm of human aspiration. Regard yourself within this planetary network as a channel among many channels, transmitting the energy of the spiritual hierarchy. Imagine the potent energy of love pouring through the network of light, stimulating the many points and centers of energy, transforming the pulsation of energy into the rhythm of the planetary heartbeat. Radiance are we and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out 
linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. The topic that Marie Christina chose for our webinar today is related to the use of the Great Invocation. And it is, of course, really the central theme around which the work of triangles revolves. Therefore, any considerations of how to deepen and maximize our use of the Great Invocation is central to all that we do. For the Invocation is a tool or directing agent. The Tibetan calls it a vehicle for alignment. It's a means whereby potent energies can be brought through and distributed from the highest planetary center through the spiritual hierarchy and into the consciousness of the group of world servers, which in turn release these powerful energies into all open hearts and minds within the human kingdom. It facilitates the flow within this great chain of hierarchy. There's much dynamism and meaning that underlies the invocation, and yet it is like a fractal that meets the need of each individual who uses it with focused intention. Each can find the meaning that is appropriate to his or her level of understanding. As we seek to penetrate into its words, we can at the same time not forget to use it in the last analysis as a prayer, a prayer for the inpouring of light to illumine our minds, of love to open our hearts, and of will to strengthen our resolve and purpose to move forward in accordance with the divine plan and all this through the medium of humanity wherein this plan can work out. The invocation is an Aquarian prayer, meaning it's not really related to our personal lives and concerns, although the Tibetan does say that no one can use the invocation without it affecting major changes in their lives. But the real purpose, as we know, concerns the planet as a whole, and to all people and all life forms, the energies are distributed. But we also know that much lies beneath the surface of this seemingly simple prayer, and it provides us with much that we can penetrate into as we work to uncover its deeper meanings. The invocation has, for example, four stanzas, each composed of three lines. This totals to the number 12, such an important number in relation to the energies that are made available to us via the 12 zodiacal constellations. 
Then the final or 13th line really encapsulates in one bold affirmation the accumulation of all the four preceding stanzas. We can imagine each of the first three stanzas as forming a triangle, and then the last stanza as being symbolized by the earth itself. Then as we sound that last line, we can visualize the three triangles as forming a nine-pointed star surrounding the earth, a star that radiates the energies of light, love, and power, which must work out upon the radiant surface of the earth. For above all else, the invocation is our tool for making the planet sacred, for establishing and affirming the reality of a fully functioning and flowing planetary network, a network composed of triangles. As the network becomes more triangular in its arrangement, the triangles will increasingly have the ability to bisect the square, to transform the personality and more material aspects of our planetary civilization and bring them under the increasing control and dominance of the overshadowing soul. This is the essential task of the triangle's work, to aid and support in the birthing of the planetary soul. And just think of the challenges this presents to an individual as he or she comes to birth their soul. Then extend the concept to a planet or a kingdom in nature. For this birthing primarily here concerns the human kingdom and we can then come to a deepened understanding perhaps of the implications of all the many apparent challenges in our world today. These are the necessary rising to the surface of the unredeemed substance within humanity that must be redeemed before the soul can find entrance. So as we approach the higher interlude period, the Aries, Taurus, and Gemini full moons, let us work at this time in Pisces to prepare ourselves using the energy of this season to do so, so that our vehicles will be better able to handle the stimulation of these higher interlude periods, which will be extended this year to four full moons, because we have two Aries full moons this year. So let's now work with our meditation. Let's link in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. sound the affirmation of will together. In the center of the will of God, I stand. 
naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as a central part of the Radiant Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Lift your consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love.
Visualize light and goodwill circulating around the triangles from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's pause to consider the work to be done by the words that will be poured out. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the invocation acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose 
which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now, oops, let's see, there's Maria Christina. Okay. Okay. Okay, one moment, please. Um, Maria Christina, um, have to unmute you. Okay. All right, Maria Christina, hello, welcome. Thank you, Kathy. Great. Thank you all <laughs> for the shared work of triangles. A joy. The triangle represents the divine trinity and may be considered the signature of the soul. Triangles is based on a recognition that duality exists. And in that very basic recognition, a re relationship exists. It is here in the relationship, in a conscious relationship basic right relationship that love and wisdom may emerge, the qualities of the soul. The soul or higher self is ensouled by this most basic geometric form, capable of radiating and externalizing its qualities of love and light and goodness or divine purpose through this geometric form, through this etheric scaffolding we are actively building here today. Every week as we meet virtually and work subjectively, 
We are establishing a radiant network of light and love, an etheric network of triangles encircling the planet Earth. Every week as we meet virtually and work subjectively, we are creating a living, vital bridge between the inner worlds of meaning and the outer world of manifestation. We work both invocatively and evocatively. Standing within the very heart of the new group of world servers, comprised of all men and women of goodwill, we invocatively create that lighted relationship of consciousness between the heavens and the earth, the seen and the unseen. This invocative act, we are told, is the greatest service to which spiritual seekers are called. The Tibetan master, Master Dwash Kul, notes that spiritual impression has been short-circuited. And I quote, Spiritual impression has been interrupted, and there has been interference with the divine circulatory flow. It is the task of disciples, aspirants, meditators of the world to restore this flow and stop this interference. This is the major problem facing people at this time. Using the power of our thought and of our imagination, of our head and of our heart, we sound the great invocation, invocatively and evocatively widening, strengthening the divine circulatory flow, responding to spiritual impression. Working together invocatively as a soul-infused group personality, we become the rainbow bridge, a lighted path of energy circulation between the inner realms of light and life and the outer world of seeming. We are contributing to the creation of that rainbow bridge, known technically as the Antakarana. And this Antakarana, or lighted bridge, is not only being created between humanity and hierarchy, but between hierarchy and Shambhala, and indeed has extraplanetary correlations. We are told that the Lord Maitreya, the Christ, the Iman Mahdi, the Bodhisattva, the coming world teacher, himself sounds the great invocation. Imaginatively, we may sound the great invocation in resonance with the heart of hierarchy, reverberating with the chorus being focalized by the fiery heart of love on our planet, contributing to an invocatory act together with hierarchy. We are told that there is a great triangle of force which stands in power behind the Christ, comprised of the Buddha, the spirit of peace, and the avatar of synthesis. In the words, light, love, and power, the energies of this great triangle force are described. The energy of the Buddha, light, for the light ever comes from the east. The energy of the spirit of peace, love, establishing right human relations. The energy of the avatar of synthesis, an extraplanetary being of power, implementing both light and love. We are further told that the avatar of synthesis approaches our earth in order to further, quote, the manifestation of unity, of oneness, and of interrelation, 
Hunt is so powerful that his activity is necessarily a mass activity, for he can only channel his energies through the mass, mass consciousness or through a group conscious entity, such as the hierarchy, the United Nations, or humanity. The focal point of his effort and the agent through which distribution of his energy can be made is the new group of world servers. I am quoting, this group is uniquely related to this avatar of synthesis. Their work falls into the following parts, functions or activities. One, production of a human synthesis or unity which will lead to a universal recognition of the one humanity. I'm reminded of that poster, car, one earth, one humanity, one family, that was seated after the landing of astronauts on the moon in the 60s. Two, the establishing of right relationships with the subhuman kingdoms in nature leading to the universal recognition that there is one world. And three, the anchoring of the kingdom of God, the spiritual hierarchy of our planet in open expression on earth. A challenging thought. The Buddha, the spirit of peace, and the avatar of synthesis stand behind the use of the great invocation as sounded by the coming teacher of angels and men. And the new group of world servers is key to linking through to these great circulatory flows of dynamic will, revelatory love, and illuminating light. Sounding the great invocation, we may imaginatively reverberate with the chorus being focalized by the Lord of Love on our planet, the coming world teacher. We work invocatively within the divine circulatory flow, evocatively radiating through the heart of the new group of world servers, transforming the underlying etheric grid of our physical worlds, enlivening the work of the new group of world servers. The theme of service runs steadily through our life, continually redefined, refined, as purity of motive prevails. One of my favorite definitions of service, certainly for decades and continues to deepen, is from Dinah 1, page 135. You need to learn the lesson that it is relatively of no importance what you do. That which is of major importance is to register consciously and all the time just exactly what you are doing. Right doing is the result of being. If your awareness of being is of a personality nature, so will be your activity. If your consciousness is focused in spiritual being, your spontaneous, creative, and active service will be consequently by radiation. And he ends with his famous phrase, I would have you ponder. Thank you. Thank you, Marie Christina. That was very beautiful and important words for us to say as we ponder together the power of the great invocation. And I'm sure um, the group will have many comments to make on their own use, perhaps, of the great invocation 
or those who might be new uh, might want a little more information about the Great Invocation. You can share your comments with Marie Christina by either raising your hand, which is clicking on your name in the participants box and we'll then unmute your microphone. Or you can put post a comment in the chat box. And Marie Christina has also worked, um, as I had mentioned, as a unit of service out in Tucson all these many years. And that's a well-established point of light. So you might have some, might want to hear a little bit about the work that they do there. Um, so. I know, Marie Christina, one of your spiritual practices is the observation of the sunset hour. So would you just like to, you know, just tell us briefly what your practice is in relation to that? And the sunrise, perhaps, too. I, I don't, I'm not sure if you're always practicing that as well. Um, with sunrise, I'm usually practicing from bed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but at sunset, I have to say, from I, being young and learning to drive, I used to chase the sunset. But that has become part of a daily um, discipline over the many years of sounding the Gayatri at that time, you know, veiled by a disc of golden light. It's a wonderful prayer to be made then. And I had time to connect with the group, connecting with the group and sounding the Gayatri. I could add that I'm well known for this so much so that a teacher with Native American kids recently reminded them how it's important to honor the sunset. <laughs> yes. And when I was actually visiting your house, you went up on the, we went up on the roof uh, to really <laughs> survey the grounds and it was very, very touching. It is, a, it is a practice that uh, brings to mind many things. When we're facing the West, of course, that's Libra. You can, you know, then deepen work into the four directions, which is of the Cardinal Cross, yeah. and honor the four directions and so on, with a triangle at the center. <laughs> yeah. The earth, the sky, and yourself at the heart, yeah. that triangle in the center of the cube. Yes. Did you have anything that you'd like to share related to your unit of service? Because um, many people don't know much about what units of service are and what they do. And maybe sharing a little bit about your work would be helpful and of interest. Um, for many years, we have met here to honor the time of the full moon, the solar festivals. And over time, what emerged was a weekly group meeting um, that emerged. It seems to be working with the dissipation of glamour. Um, one of the 10 groups noted by the disciple. I think it can vary, of course, greatly, but we have been meeting for over 10 years now on a weekly basis, working with one meditation 
Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. Specific technique on the dis- dissipation of glamour. And um, I could talk further on that if you'd like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I always preface such thoughts by saying when you do this work, um, you're, of course, stirring up your own glamours. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That uh, you have to be somewhat prepared for that, to recognize that, acknowledge that, and continue to work. Because working as a group, you can't help but work on yourself as well, individually, as part of that group. And as you, as we've deepened into the work, we often comment on how, even though used hearing the same words over and over for years, there's a new word or a new insight that comes through or a new focus. Um, Lately, I would have to say, I think we had a little conversation or the beginnings of one. When you work with the dissipation of glamour, um, we get to start to acknowledge what might lie beneath that glamour or what substands that this illusory world that we find ourselves in. And of course, that's a very rich topic. Um, It's very wonderful to be able to say, revealing the good, the true, and the beautiful. But it does open up a whole avenue of possibilities. Thank you. Thank you. Um, There's a couple thoughts and questions here. One from Amy. When did this practice of triangle start, and where did it come from? Over to you, Kathy. Well, it started in 1937, I believe, and it was started by the, the Tibetan on behalf of the spiritual hierarchy. You know, it's, a, it's said to be close to the heart of the hierarchy, to the Christ himself. So we don't know exactly the emanating source. It's probably extraplanetary and extra systemic, perhaps. Triangles is at the heart of all things in our universe. So it has cosmic origins, I'm sure. But it's being implemented as of 1937 on our planet because of the growth and birth of the new group of world servers and all of those people such as ourselves who will respond to the note and do what we can to aid in the transformation of the etheric grid. So it's, um, it's got a, an incredible history. Uh, Kathy writes, I would like to learn more she says, thank you, Marie Christina. I would like to learn more. Uh, and she wants to connect with you because she has family in Tucson. So I can send you, oh. yeah, I can send you her contact information. Okay. And um, we sort of answered Suzanne's question. But then Clint writes, is there a simple way to explain the difference between invocation and evocation? And then he says, asking for help is invoking. Evoking is receiving. Or giving that help? He's asking a question now. Yes. It's that very simple act of receiving and giving. Right. Boking higher or strength or whatever you bring. And then the divine circulatory flow is that you don't hold on to it, but you radiate it out. In a sense, it's uh, 
magnet using magnetism and then radiation yeah attracting and releasing yeah using yes so evocation <laughs> is the result of invocation yeah so it's um, and that, uh, yes or else you're going to get all uh, congested up and yeah. you're by the Tibetan that indeed the, the science of invocation and evocation will be underlying the new world religion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Martin has a, quest, a comment or question, so let me unmute his microphone. Hi, Martin. Yeah, hi. Can you hear me? Uh, a little faint, but speak more into the microphone. Okay, yeah. I have yeah. a comment about evocation and inv invocation. Just recently I had this awareness from reading something in the Tibetan that as we shift our identity, let's say, from being a lighted cell in the body of humanity, a member of the new group, and, and begin to shift into actually seeing ourselves penetrating the periphery of the hierarchy of the ashram and begin to shift to true soul identity, then we become like the hierarchy, evocative or so radiatory that we actually evoke a response from others. In other words, when we're a mediator, we're looking up to hierarchy and we're in, let's say, focused in the mind and we're looking up through the soul to the ashram we are invoking their response but they are standing uh, as lighted illumined uh, beings and brothers of light brothers and sisters of light they are evoking that response from us their radiatory power is evocative of response from awakening souls so i think our role can shift as we become more and more conscious souls more and more a part of the ashram itself that is approaching humanity, we literally turn on the pedestal of light and that radiatory light radiates so powerfully through us, particularly in a group such as this one, that we literally draw out of others their uh, indwelling spirit, so to speak, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me as the concept. We literally draw out of others through our radiatory presence uh, a spiritual response that they didn't even know was there. So this is new to me, so I thought I'd share it. Thank you. I would like to add to that, yes, thank you, that I mentioned the anchoring of the kingdom of God, the spiritual hierarchy in the planet and open expression. I think that is the seeding of that externalization as we assume um, this role as a group because it is group initiation that is enabling um, the anchoring of this fifth kingdom. Um, we're just nearing the end, but I wanted to read a couple of things posted by Starling. Uh, he says, there's a quote that the Tibetan gave in Dina too about studying the words of the invocation. I'd like to share it with the group. It's on pages, Discipleship of the New Age, page 156 through 157. Here's part of it, he says. I'm anxious. Um, sorry, there's some problems with the technology today. I'm anxious to ascertain your reaction to these words. And I'm asking you for one, uh, for one entire year to concentrate your meditative thinking and your reflective power upon them. At the same time, they provide in an almost singular manner the next developing um, stage in the series of meditations I have planned for you. They should also in a peculiar manner enable you to move forward in your thinking 
and in your ability to grasp abstractions. Look for the underlying abstract idea in this invocation. It is there. From your reaction to this invocation and your ability to use its phrases as stepping stones to certain levels of abstract thought not hitherto attained, I shall be able to judge your readiness as individuals for certain specific preparatory work for the initiation which you, again as an individual disciple, should take. Yeah, yeah, and he says the important part of that quote he thinks is that the words of the invocation should be in stu studied intensely for a year. So, thank you. All right, um, Marie-Christina, wanted to thank you so much for your heartfelt and beautiful presentation today. And thank you. Um, for all the work that you've been carrying forward all these years and anchoring the energies in Tucson. So now let's just close with a moment of silence to link up with all Triangles workers throughout the world. And we look forward to working with you again soon. Thank you all for your participation.